praise God. God is a good God. Amen. Just like Pastor Tad was saying, you know, don't forget it is Easter Sunday and encourage you to invite somebody. Um, You know, according to what we read, most people will say yes. I tell you what, I'll tell you how to get 100% though. If you tell them you'll take them out for lunch afterwards, probably 100% of the people, even if, if they don't really want to come to church, I mean, most people really like to eat. Especially if you, if you tell them it's going to be a really good dinner, you know, or something like that. Um, but now don't tell them it's going to be, you know, you're taking them out for, for a, a good piece of meat and then taking them to McDonald's afterwards or something like that. You know, they're thinking they're having a steak and they get a McDonald's hamburger, but um, whatever. All right, well... Some of you might have known that the last two Sundays of um, March, I actually did two Sundays on faith, part one and part two. And so I was looking to see what on my next time I was going to preach on Sunday in March, I mean, in April, it's going to be the end of the month. So I decided to do part three tonight. <laughs> um, now, um, because I wasn't finished with part two, so I'm going to call this, you know, whether you've heard part one, part two, doesn't matter. It's, it's, they all stand on, on their own. But this is going to be part three of my faith series. And this one's going to be entitled Great Faith. And we're going to go to Mark chapter 11. And I'm going to read from the New Living Translation um, um, tonight. Actually, every verse will be from the New Living. And I'm going to go to Mark 11:12, And that's where Jesus cursed the fig tree. It says this. The next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. And that's important. Jesus was hungry. All right. Um, he noticed a fig tree in full leaves a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Now, I want to stop right there because as a kid, you know, I'm, as a child, I heard this um, story many, many times. And I always wonder why, when the Bible clearly says it was too early for figs, why Jesus was mad because there were no figs. And the reason being is because, if you want to Google it, um, if a fig tree has full leaves, it should also have figs. So this tree was deceptive. It, It had leaves, but no figs. And so it was deceiving. Anyway, after that, then Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again. And his disciples heard him say it. Now, I actually don't think that Jesus said it that calmly. Uh, Because he was hungry and he didn't get breakfast and he was hungry and he wanted figs. And so on, he says, you know what, tree, you're never, you're going to die or die tree or something like that. Because, you know, you know, of course he said it in Hebrew. um, So whatever the Hebrew word is for die, tree, die, um, you know, that's probably what he said. Now, I want you to understand is that when Jesus spoke to the fig tree, he expected the tree to die. Now, his disciples probably thought he was joking. They probably thought, ah, he's just saying that because he's mad because he didn't get breakfast. But when Jesus spoke to the fig tree, he expected the fig tree to die. And because he told it to. All right. Going on with Mark eleven twenty three, he said it with his mouth, leaving his heart and had what he said. But anyway, um, so when Jesus spoke to that fig tree, he expected it to die. But Nothing happened after he spoke, as far as we could tell from the outside. Now, it didn't say that Jesus spent 15 minutes, you know, saying over and over again, die, 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 you know, or or whatever. I mean, he just said one time, let no man eat fruit ever again from this tree. 
And so then he went on his business. Skipping down to verse 20, it says the next morning. So notice this was 24 hours later. All right, 24 hours later, as they passed by the fig tree that he had cursed, the disciples noticed that it had, had withered from his roots. And Peter, remembering that what Jesus had said to, to the tree on the previous day, exclaimed, look, Rabbi, the fig tree that you cursed has withered and died. So um, the tree died. Now, why the tree die? Because Jesus said so. All right. Now, um, you know, but the tree didn't die immediately because 24 hours later, they walked by and they were surprised. Now, I personally believe that not one of the disciples expected to walk by that tree and the tree was going to be dead. Because it wouldn't have really, they wouldn't be so surprised. They were like, oh, there's that tree you killed yesterday, Jesus. Now, obviously, 24 hours earlier, when Jesus spoke to the tree, nothing happened on the, on the outside of the tree. But I personally believe that, you know, if you know anything about trees, I'm not a treeologist, by the way, just, or, or biologist or what, what, whatever the study of trees are, I guess that probably would be biology, you know. Um, but um, I do know the tree has a root system. And I understand that um, what has happened first is the roots begin to dry up. And then eventually the, when the roots dried up, eventually the tree dried up. So in a 24 hour period, the roots dried up and then the tree dried up. They walked by and it was dead. All right. And so the disciples remembered what Jesus did. And they were probably surprised because I don't think that they believed the tree was going to die. I think that they thought Jesus was mad because he didn't get breakfast and he just said, die tree. And they were going to come back the next day and the tree was going to be there. And they're like, yeah, I was just joking. No, Jesus wasn't joking. He was serious. Now I want you to understand that Jesus believed that the tree was going to die when he spoke the words. When he went by the next day, he wasn't surprised the tree was dead because he spoke the words. Now, ultimately, you know, the roots begin to dry up. Now, I always say this because if you have stage, one, stage four cancer, you didn't start out having stage four cancer. At one time in your life, you had stage one cancer. Maybe you never went to the doctor when you had stage one cancer, but you had stage one cancer. And then it went to stage two, then it went to stage three, then it went to stage four, or it could go to stage five. Um, you know, but the thing about it is, I think that sometimes what happens is, is that our, when we get our healing, cancer begins to regress. It goes from stage five to stage four, to stage three, to stage two, to stage one, to stage zero. Just like the tree dried up from the roots. You know, the point is, is that when words are spoken, you have to believe that it happened when the words were spoken, not whenever it happens. You know, so many people are waiting for something to happen, then that's when they're gonna believe because when they, when they see it, they're gonna believe it. But we, faith is having something before we see it. Now, we read Webster's New World Dictionary or yourdictionary.com says that faith is an unquestioning belief without proof or evidence. An unquestioning belief without proof or evidence. So when you're in faith, you don't question whether it's going to happen or not. 
you know it's going to happen. All right? So whenever Peter said, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered away and died, I like to say the Craig version, Jesus answered and said, no, duh. (laughs) Now that's the Craig version because that's what I would do if I was Jesus. I would say, of course it withered away because I said so. I said it had to wither away. Anyway, but Jesus answered Mark eleven twenty two, and he said to this, he said, he said to his disciples, have faith in God. Then he goes on and says, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. Now, there's a key word there, believe. See, when Jesus spoke to the fig tree, he believed that it was going to die. Then he's saying, just like I spoke to the fig tree, you can tell this mountain to be uprooted and cast into the sea, but you must believe. Now, that means you can also tell the mountain to be uprooted and cast in the sea. And if you don't believe, it's not going to be uprooted and cast into the sea. Because you have to believe. Now, here in the New Living says, it says you must really believe it. All right? Or, you know, so you must believe and have no doubt in your heart. Meaning that when you believe that what happens a lot of times in our faith walk is at first we believe. You know, and maybe we're, we can hang in there for 24 hours. Maybe we can hang in there for 48 hours. Maybe we can hang in there for two weeks. Maybe a whole month. But at some point, when you haven't seen the answer yet, now here's the thing, you haven't seen the answer doesn't mean that it, it's not yours. See, faith is having something before you see it. If you haven't seen the answer out with your own eyes, all of a sudden, somebody might say, you know, I want to say the devil, but it could be your roommate. All right. So just, and I'm not, I don't want to call the, your roommate the devil. It could be your family member and I want to call them the devil. But someone might say, well, where is your answer? And then some, what, what happens a lot of times, we begin to God, say, well, God, why is this not working? Well, why is a question? Faith is unquestioning belief. So what happens is, is doubt begins to creep in. And when doubt creeps in, we're not in faith anymore. See, you can either be in faith or not be in faith. You can believe or not believe. Now, there are a lot of times making, people making confessions, but they don't even believe what they said. Now, they might tell you they believe, but a lot of people are wishing and not in faith. What do you mean they're wishing? Well, it would be nice if this happened, but do they believe it's already happened? There's a difference. Do you believe that it's happened whenever you speak? Because, because when you speak... Is when it happens. It says you can have what you say. Well, if you can have what you say, you already have it by faith. Now you don't see it, but you have it. Well, that sounds impossible. No, duh. 
It's also impossible to speak to a fig tree and for it to dry up. Now, the reason I believe that Jesus pointed to a mountain, now I'm here, I'm, te- I'm here to tell you, if there's no reason for you to uproot the mountain, you're not going to be able, you're not going to uproot the mountain because there's no reason for you. Why would you waste your energy on that mountain? You don't need to uproot. But you might have your own mountain. It could be a physical mountain. It could be a financial mountain. It could be an emotional mountain. You know, you might have your own mountain that you need to move. But you must really believe it's going to move. When you speak to your mountain, you have to believe that that mountain is going to move. Because if you don't believe, you're not going to have that mountain move. But you must continue to believe even when it, you don't see it. Faith is having something before you see it. See, no one's going to talk you out of it. Do you realize if Jesus would have cursed a fig tree and the disciples walked by it seven times, you know, seven different days and it wasn't dead, Jesus would say, he would probably walk by and say, Here's that, there's that dead fig tree. His disciples were like, well, the fig tree's not dead yet. No, that's a dead fig tree. Why is it a dead fig tree? Because Jesus said so. And he believed. Now see, what happens a lot of times when we don't get things immediately, then we start, well, I guess this doesn't work. Well, if you guess this doesn't work, then you don't really believe. If you guess this doesn't work, then, then you're not in faith because faith is an unquestioning belief with no proof or evidence. That's the definition of faith according to your dictionary. All right, and see a lot of people, they think they're in faith, but they're not. They want it to happen, but they don't really believe it has already happened. Because a lot of people will even say, well, I'm believing that this is going to happen. Well, that's different from believing it's already happened. Going is future tense. Well, you know, going back to our healing, it says by his stripes, we were healed. All right, you know, we were healed. Were as past since you've already been healed. Well, but I don't see it. That's your problem. You're trying to see everything. You're not going to see it with your natural eyes. You're going to have to believe. That's faith. Now, see, what we want, this is what, what, what we would like, is that as soon as we say something, immediately it happens. Or something happens, you know, so that we, we're pretty much pretty confident. It's just like, you know, if I was to say, we are going to have a church three-on-three basketball tournament, all right? Three-on-three basketball tournament, and, you know, so you have teams from the church. We, we have a few ex-college players here in the church, that's so pretty good. We have, you know, but let's just say that for whatever reason, you know, to, you know, I decided to put a team together. I'm not the best basketball player. And, and I called some of my friends who maybe didn't go to church, you know, to come play with me. Retired NBA players, you know, like Michael Jordan and Shaquille O'Neal. So let's say it was me, Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal versus anybody else in the church. Now these guys, you know, are all my age. They're all retired NBA players, but I believe that they're pretty good still. I think that we would win the, 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 the tournament. Why? Because I have some good players, in spite of how bad I might be. Because we, I, Michael just has to throw it to Shaquille, he just has to dunk the ball, and we're, we're, we're good. I just sit and watch and cheer. You know, 
Now, see, if I, if I had these guys on my team, I'm like, okay, I see how we're going to win now. I see it. So, see, that's what you, you want to be able to see it in your own mind. You want to say, well, this is how it's going to happen. Or sometimes we even want to, we want to help God. Okay, God, you know, I have a financial need. My, my mountain's financial. So I've decided that I have this business and you're going to do this and this and that. And when you do this and this and that, I'll have enough money to, to be able to pay these bills. But you don't have to help him out. It doesn't say if you help me out, you're going to have what you say. It doesn't say if you fast enough, if you pray enough, if you give enough. It says you must say it and really believe. The next thing is have what we say. It's not really that hard. The other side about it is Mark eleven twenty two. 22, it said our faith is in God. And I think we need to understand that because how hard and how much faith do you have to have to realize that God is able to do that for you? Well, why is God able to do it? Well, number one, God can do anything. Number two, God loves you. That's why he, he wants to help you out. He, he wants to do it for you. Because you know what? If my kids come to, to me and I have the wherewithal to do it, I, I, I'm, I'm going to help my kids out. I'm, I'm going to do whatever I can. But you know, my income is, limit, is limited. My, my resources are limited. My ability is limited. But my God is unlimited. Now, the problem is, is we can't understand unlimited. That, that's beyond our understanding. That's why the Old Testament tells us, not a scripture I told them about, but in Proverbs chapter three is to lean not to your own understanding. You don't have to understand how it's going to happen. You just believe. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. Just believe. Now, I believe that Jesus pointed out an impossible situation. So he's trying to tell you, well, in fact, right here, the New Living Translation says, it says, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Now notice it says, if you believe that you've received it, receive, if I've received something, then I already have it. All right, you know, if I have a, you know, if, if you were to give me this bottle of water, one of you, and I have it in my hand that I've, I've received this bottle of water. Now you can see I've received it because, um, you know, I have it here. But, you know, faith is having the bottle of water when you don't see it. Well, but where's your water? It doesn't matter. My God shall provide. All right. I mean, you know, he's provided. Now, going um, to, um, you know, there's a couple other places in the Bible where it talks about speaking um, to a mountain. And that's in Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. Um, and I, I'm going to read things in context of why he said this. So, so Matthew 17, 14 um, 
New Living says it this way. It says, at the foot of of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. All right, so I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. And Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Now I thought about that. Jesus was telling his disciples that they were faithless and corrupt people. I'm thinking, what did you think about today's generation? That's a whole nother sermon. Anyway, um, then Jesus rebuked the demon and the boy and it left him. It left him because Jesus rebuked it, all right? From that moment, the boy was well. Afterwards, the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out that demon? This is what I really want to get to. All right, I'm I'm not going to talk about the demon. I'm going to talk about what Jesus says. He says this, verse, verse 20, you don't have enough faith. All right, now, the, the, the um, King James or New King James says, um, because you don't believe. Well, that's the same thing because faith is unquestionable belief. If, if you don't, I mean, you know, you have to believe to have faith. So what he was saying was, you didn't believe the demon was going to come out of her or, or him. You didn't, you didn't believe it, so you didn't get it. You have to believe it's going to happen. But then he goes on to say this. Um, He said this, Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move um, from here to there and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. So how much faith did Jesus say we need to have? The faith of a mustard seed. Well, today I have mustard seeds, bottom at Walmart. This is 3.5 ounces, or for some of you folks that don't live in America, 99 grams. All right. This bottle right here has approximately 50,000 mustard seeds. 50. Thousand mustard seeds. A mustard seed is approximately one millimeter, which most Americans don't even know what a millimeter is. But anyway, unless you go into school, you have to figure out what a millimeter is. After you get out of school, you never figure out what a millimeter is because you don't care what a millimeter is or a milliliter or anything else. The only time that you care about milliliters is whenever you're taking medicine. Because now, but, but they just put a cup there and say, just fill the cup to this line. That's, that's all you really care about. Because anyway, but um, 50,000 mustard seeds. Now, what, he, what Jesus was trying to, trying to tell his disciples. Now, I do want to say this because I Googled it today. You know, another place he talks about mustard. He talks about mustard seed a lot if you actually look in, in the New Testament. Another place they said it was the smallest of all seeds. But if you actually Google that, there's an orchid seed that's smaller than the mustard seed. All right. Now they say that orchid seed might not have been available in Jesus' time, or it might have been the fact that farmers don't plant orchid seeds. All right. But they do plant mustard seeds. I don't care. The point is, this is really small. 
small. And if you want to actually see a mustard seed, you can come up afterwards and I'll, I'll give you a bunch of mustard seeds if you want. I mean, in fact, I'll give one to the first 50,000 people who come up here after church. Um, now, it's hard to show you how small mustard seed is because it's so small that, I mean, you know, a camera wouldn't even be able to show you how small it really is. The point is, as Jesus is saying, you don't need a lot of faith. Now it says, if you had the faith of a grain of mustard seed, so if you had one fifty thousandth of, of this bottle of faith, it says you can move a mountain. So then the real question is, how much faith do I need for a thousand dollars? I mean, because a thousand dollars is a whole lot easier than moving a mountain. How much faith do I need to get rid of a cold? How much faith? The point is, you don't need a lot of faith because really your faith is in God. And that, that's the thing, you know, and this, I know it's mind blowing, but it's mind blowing to, to see how small it is. But when Jesus is trying to say, you, you know, I mean, and then, you know, tell the disciples, they don't have any faith, basically. Now, my grandfather had a statement that says, some people don't even have enough faith to blow their own nose. But we don't need a lot of faith to move a mountain. Because I've heard people, people have talked about my grandfather, because he's a man of great faith. But I'm here to tell you, I believe that everybody in this room have, has enough faith of a mustard seed. So everyone in this room is a person of great faith. It's this, do you believe or not? Do you really believe? When, when, when you speak to something, do you believe it's gonna change? When you speak to your body, do you, do you believe it's well? When you speak to your finances, do you, do you believe it's, you know, it's here? Because a lot of people would like it to happen, but do you believe it has happened? And that, that's a different mindset. You know, um, you don't have to have a lot of faith. Because I've heard people, well, if I just had more faith, if I just had, I mean, I mean, you know, there's a mustard seed, it's pretty small. How much faith do you really need? I mean, what more do you need than to move, being able to move a mountain? I mean, I just want to let you know it's impossible to move a mountain, okay? Even me and the five strongest guys in, in this room couldn't physically move the mountain. I mean, I guess literally we probably could if we had a bulldozer in, in a, about a month, we might can move the mountain. But um, Jesus says, if you had faith as small as mustard seed, you could say this mountain, move from here to there, and it would, be, it would move. Then he says the words, nothing would be impossible. Now, what he's inferring to, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, nothing would be impossible. Now, what he didn't say here, but we need to understand, your faith is in God. You're not moving the mountain. God is. Here's something else. You, you realize the spirit of the living God dwells on the inside of us. 
the, the, the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead, the Bible says, dwells on the inside of us. And the Bible says it will quicken our mortal body, but it'll more than just wake you up. All right, it'll raise you from the dead. So when you're speaking, I mean, you know, it's your spirit speaking. It, it's you speaking, but, but, but God's causing things to happen. So when people say it's impossible, I'm like, no, it's impossible. I, you know, it doesn't matter if it's impossible. It doesn't matter if you go to the doctor and said, there is no, I mean, there's nothing we can do. Okay. My faith is not in the doctor. You know, like I said, when it comes to a financial situation, what happens is, is we look at where we're at and we're thinking, well, how is it going to happen? How is a question? See, what happens is we would like something to happen, but it says, we remember the other verse? We must really believe. And we must keep believing. We can't get over in doubt, but we keep believing, but we don't, it doesn't take a lot of faith. Just a small amount of faith can change your world. And so my point is, is that anyone can have great faith. This is not reserved for Brother Hagen. It's not reserved for, for well, if you're a pastor or if you, you've been a Christian long enough, if you prayed hard enough, if you've given enough. No, he says, in fact, you know, this mustard seed thing, he doesn't say anything about giving. All right. Got another verse for you. Because they're... Uh, five minutes, six minutes left. All right. Um, go to Luke 17. Luke 17. And I think it's a, this is important. Luke 17, five. The apostles, so his disciples, the apostles said, said to the Lord, show us how to increase our faith. So, so they're asking Jesus, how can we make our faith bigger? How can we have greater faith? So what has Jesus said? The Lord answered, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. So basically when they were asking him, how can we have more faith? He just said, just have mustard seed faith. See, you shouldn't be looking for more faith. You should use the faith that you already have. You don't need to achieve more faith. You don't, you don't, well, well, if I just go, if I go to brother so-and-so's faith, faith clinic and pay $199.95, then I can get more faith. Well, what are you going to do with it? How much more faith do you need? Well, you know, I, I only have, I only have cold faith. I only have a hundred dollar faith. No, you have whatever faith you say you have. See, a lot of us, we limit ourselves by what we think in our own mind. We say, well, I can't believe for that. Why can't you believe for that? Well, I never have believed for that before. Well, there needs to be a first time. I mean, there's a first time for everything. That's how I started in ministry. What do you mean? Well, 
I had taught Sunday school. In fact, I was a Sunday school teacher for School of the Bible, the impact class, 18 to 22 singles. All right, I was a school Bible teacher for a long time, but I've never preached a sermon in big church. You know, this is big church for some of you growing up, you know. I'd actually spoken to the youth group, but never spoke at big church. So I was um, in Lakeland, Florida, June of 1991, in Lakeland, Florida. We were doing a meeting there at the Lakeland Convention Center. And um, Brother Reggie Scarborough um, kept on um, asking me to preach on Sunday. I'm like, Reggie, I've, I've, I've never preached in big church before. Besides that, you have about 1,500 people that show up at your church every Sunday morning. And if I'm going to be my first sermon, I would like to, you know, be less people. <laughs> so, so we were there for a week and every day he, you know, he asked me if I preach at church on Sunday. Every day. And then finally, I think about Wednesday or Thursday, he said, well, Craig, you got to start somewhere. I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to start with 1,500 people. <laughs> but then I went back to my memory the first time. Now, do you realize one of the, the number one fears for people is speaking in public? So the first time I ever got a chance to speak in public besides my speech class, you know, in, in school, was at camp meeting. It was my grandfather's, I don't know, 50-year ministry, 80th, I mean, or, or, or maybe a 75th birthday or some, some, some kind of special occasion at camp meeting. They want all the grandkids to talk. And we had about 10,000 people there. That was my first public speech. I did that, so, so sure I could preach in front of 100, I mean, 1,500 people. I mean, you know. Plus, by that time, I was already making announcements and, you know, at my, at the, at, you know my grandfather's meeting, so it wasn't that tough. How to start somewhere. So you know what? If you've never believed for anything, you got to start somewhere. You're like, yeah, but, but that's a big amount. There's nothing too big for our God. This is a small amount of faith. So what, is, what God's trying to say is you don't have to have great faith. You just have to believe. And you got to really believe. When Jesus spoke to the fig tree, he believed that it was going to die. When God said, let there be light, he believed the light was going to come on. And whenever you speak to your situation, whatever it might be, no matter how small or how big it is, you believe it has happened. Why has it happened? Because your faith is in God. And even if your brain can't figure it out, it's not for your brain to figure out. It doesn't say, well, if you can figure out in your own brain, you can have it. It doesn't say that. It says, if you can believe. If you can believe, I'll, I'll leave you with um, Mark 9, Mark chapter 9, verse 23. And I'll, live, I'll read it from the New Living. It says this, Jesus talking what do you mean if, if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. I like to say that you know, after that, he can drop the mic. Anything is possible if you believe. Now, anything is an all-inclusive word, meaning anything. <laughs> Everything. All things. 
so if anything's possible, if you believe, then just believe. See, my grandfather was that simple. He just like believed. Now here's what I'm gonna tell you. Um, Whenever he walked off the deathbed, he wasn't a man of great faith. He really just read the Bible. He was a 16 year old child. Never heard a faith message that he can remember, but he got a hold of Mark chapter 11 and he believed. What happened? He got healed. I mean, you know, the doctors told him he had a blood disease and a deformed heart. The doctor says if your heart was normal, the blood disease alone would kill you. He got, he got healed of not one, but two fatal things. Because he read the Bible. And he believed the Bible. And that's why he always says that God says it. I believe it. And that settles it for him. And you could never talk him out of it. Now, I get, I get it whenever the first time you believe. So, it was, you know, he didn't like God. I mean, I've never believed God for a hot dog. How am I supposed to believe God that I'm going to live and not die? See, his, his brain didn't go like that. I don't know why yours does. But you need to stop it. I don't care what you have believed for or have not believed for in, in the past. It's not about, it says that anything is possible. If you believe. So I always give my Shakespeare question, to believe or not to believe? That is the question. That's a big key. That's the whole key to our faith. Only believe. Now, there's going to be some times when the devil tries to talk you out of it. So you need to only believe. There, there is no other choice. Only believe. It's your final answer. Final answer. For some of you, what's the show? Final answer. And someone says, well, I don't see it. Only believe. I, I, I mean, I'm, that's, that's, I don't care whether you see it or not. It doesn't say whether you believe, talking about somebody else, it says whether I believe. It's all about me. I mean, literally it's all about Jesus, but it's all about me putting my faith in God. It's really simple. Faith is easy. Faith isn't hard. And that's the thing. We in our own mind think faith is hard. We in our own mind think we have to have great faith. And I, I want to give you 50,000 reasons why you, it's not, it's, you already have the great faith. And so if, I just want to encourage you. If there is something that you, that you have been standing in faith for and you haven't got it, I want you to go to Walmart. I think it's a 289 plus tax. I got the Walmart version that, you know, the, because I, I almost bought... I was going to spend $5.49 on the organic mustard seed. I'm like, it's just a prop. <laughs> I'm not going to plant the seeds. I'm not going to grind them up for my, some people grind this up, and make their own mustard. In fact, you'll see in my, in my, you know, somewhere I have a whole bag of mustard seed that somebody gave me. I carried it with my, in my Bible all the time. Um, just because I preached on it one time. And so someone gave me, I, I actually said, I've never seen a mustard seed. And I actually 
you know, said, well, it's smaller than apple seed. So someone showed up with a bunch of mustard seeds. I didn't realize you could go to your spice rack and buy, get fine mustard seeds or whatever. But, um, you know, maybe you should buy some yourself so you can just see how small that your faith really needs to be. Because it puts things in perspective. 50,000 seeds in this little bottle. I only need one fifty thousandth of this bottle of faith to move a mountain. But things are perfected. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for each and every person that's in this room and Father and watching online. And we thank you, Father, for helping us to be able to have that great faith. Father God, help us understand that we already have faith and help us to be able to believe and trust in you. And we thank you, Father, that people here, here, people watching online will get a hold of these messages and it will be life-changing. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen and amen.